This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. On this show, we take you into the room where entrepreneurs pitch investors for funding. It would be like, interesting if the founders start heckling us. You know, like, oh, cool, that's a stupid point. <laughs> Today, we meet an entrepreneur who's confident she can change something that Americans have been doing the same way for over a century. But before we get started, let's meet our investors. Our first investor is Phil Nadell with Forefront Venture Partners. Expect him to drill down to the bottom line in a pitch, the money. I want to invest in a company where you have a scalable way of acquiring customers and I can add money to it that'll let you explode that. Next is Jillian Manis with Structure Capital. Jillian tries to see through a pitch to understand the person behind that pitch. I would love to invest in you. I think you are the real deal. You are brilliant, clearly. You are, you know, you are driven, purposeful. And today we welcome a new investor to our show, Daniel Galati with Comcast Ventures. Daniel is your classic VC contrarian. When everybody spots a trend, he looks the other way, preferring instead to hunt for the long shots. Um, You know, I think the only way to make money in VC is um, to take a non-consensus view that turns out to be right. And finally, on today's episode, James Altucher, an angel investor playing with his own money. He doesn't focus so much on what a company is selling as how they're selling it. In your pitch, why didn't you stress the productivity solution? The fact that that there's billions left literally on the floor of productivity without your product. Worst question I've ever received. Wait, has anybody noticed there's a toilet in the room right now with toilet paper? Oh, oh. Toshi! No! Come on! It's called Toshi? That's the best name ever! <laughs> That's how I awesome did, is you that? You know, Jillian, I didn't even see it. There. I know, you know what? I'm sitting here. She I'm said like, it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what toilet? This, I have a feeling this could be the best one we've ever seen. No. <laughs> ever. Oh my. Toshi. I'm already in love. We- Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? Love the hat. Love Thank the hat. You. Come on. In a room reserved for pitching, it's hard to upstage a toilet. But when today's founder walks in rocking drop crotch, harem pants, platform sneakers, and a wide-brimmed fedora, she does just that. And your tolar. What's your name? After the morning poop. Mickey. Mickey, Mickey, what's your last name, Mickey? Agrawal. A-G-R-A-W-A-L. Mickey Agrawal. If this name sounds familiar, there's a reason. More on that soon. Okay. Amazing. Pitch Tushy. So imagine if a bird pooped on your head. Right? Would you bring back bad memories? <laughs> I've had a bird poop on my right? head actually, but would it's you, good luck. Would you take like dry no paper and wipe it off your head? 
Or would you wash your head? Wash your head. Okay. So why is our butts any different? Why do we actually go to the bathroom every single day and use dry paper to wipe ourselves when water is the most obvious solution, right? And so we, I'm going to put this somewhere over here. That's why the wipe market is so big, by the way. Yeah, my daughter's friends use wipes. I do too. Well, wet wipes are actually bad for you because they, they have chemicals and all these different things on it, which actually stri- strips the natural oils from your behind. And oh. so that doesn't work either. It causes anal fissures, anal itching. Oh my God, and all kinds stripping of, my behind. Yeah, it, stretches, it strips all the natural oils from behind. So if you don't want to strip your behind, but you still want to wash it, your other option is a bidet. You probably already know this, but in its most traditional form, a bidet is kind of like a toilet. It's a porcelain bowl that sits in your bathroom, but its whole job is simply to spray your nether regions after you use the toilet. Basically, the the reason why I'm so passionate about this this idea is that globally, if you think about bidets, the bidet category, it's ubiquitous in so many countries. Like the fact that we in this country have not adopted the bidet is crazy. And the only reason why it hasn't been adopted in this country is a couple of reasons. Number one is people think that it's that squat thing next to your toilet, which you have to install, which is very expensive. Or they think that it's just not, they don't even think about it. They don't even know what a bidet is in this country. And so it's not culturally relevant. the products that look, they look like contraptions. They're, people are like, what's wrong with you versus a sleek looking thing that really looks like an iPhone next to your toilet that makes it feel culturally relevant and cool. A bidet as cool as an iPhone. This is Mickey's vision. So our product very simply clips onto any standard toilet. You simply take the toilet seat off, you drop the tushy on there, it connects right to your clean water valve behind you your... Essentially, Mickey has taken the function of a bidet and made it an accessory for any standard toilet. There's a little control box that hooks on to the edge of the toilet seat, hence the iPhone comparison, and this box connects to a valve inside the toilet bowl. Just turn the dial on the control box, and voila, instant bidet. We have, we have a, a, a water pump that yes. can demonstrate how it works if you're interested in seeing the demo. That sounds like a high-risk so, demo. <laughs> it might squirt I'm you in the face, but... <laughs> okay. Yeah, so so if you're interested, I have my, my team can just come in and just... No, 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 it's okay. So, so, it's okay. It has different so the investors are skipping the demo, which is fair enough when you're sitting in the splash zone. How much are you raising? A million dollars. At what? Um, at a nine million pre. At a what? $9 million pre-money valuation. A $9 million price tag for a startup isn't necessarily outrageous, but it does put the burden on Mickey to prove her company has the goods. So how much revenue do you have? Um, we, we've done about a million and a half in revenue to date, um, but that's before our big partnerships like Home Shopping Network and, you know, we're talking to a bunch of different other retailers. That how have you done, how have you done revenue so far? 100% direct to consumer. It's like on, like Just website? Just online. Yeah, website sales. Over so, what period of time was that million and a half in revenue? Um, in the last year and a half. Year and a half. To date, yeah. Can you talk more and about again, the And again, it's been, we launched very quietly, so we haven't even, I mean, I just, transition to, you know, running this business three months ago. 
for me, I'm really thinking about the device. Behind can you, you open up the lid of the toilet sure. so I can take a look? Um, because I actually, I actually do know this market a bit. Right. Um, they're very high priced. Very expensive. Very, very expensive. But And they've um, tried to come to this country and have not been able to do it. Well, uh, they're in the, this country. They are, they but are they haven't become country. ubiquitous, mainly because of the price point and because yes. of the cultural relevance. Like, they don't know how to talk to especially the millennial consumer. If yeah. I'm targeting the millennial consumer, yes. like if you look at my previous business before this, I started the period-proof underwear company called Thinks. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but we make underwear that um, look and feel like regular pair of underwear, but have built-in leak-proof technology, antimicrobial technology, moisture-wicking technology. We often talk about the risk investors take with first-time founders. They're untested, and it's unclear if any potential they show in the room will translate to success in running a company. So here's the other side of that coin. A founder who's able to come into the room and say, yeah, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. This de-risks things a bit for an investor because they can look at that founder's track record as an indicator of things to come. What happened to that company? Um, I, well, we're, we're still growing. I stepped down as CEO and, and I'm starting this company. Um, Why'd you step down as CEO? Many reasons, but I think when you're a startup CEO and you build a $50 million business, after some time it becomes a more of the same. And so I just kind of, we just brought in a different So it's doing CEO. 50 million? Yeah, we did 50 million under my leadership. Yeah. And what percent of the company do you own? It's private, but. Okay. Well, percentage. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm the second largest shareholder in the company. And so you're moving full time to Twitter? Yes. This is my full time company. Okay. Yes. All right. So Mickey says that she's done with Thinks and on to Tushy. The question is, can she get customers to buy into the bidet? And how much does that yeah. retail for? How much are you selling it for? We're selling it for $69 and we have an 80% gross margin. And so it's a super affordable product and it's not like $2,000, which is what a, you know, a bidet would cost. What, um, so how much is the cost, the unit cost? It's, it, it costs under no, no, $10. The, to manufacture. Yeah, $9. It's $9. Yeah, but, that's, but that's only ordering like 4,000 units at a time. What's the defensibility on this? Because in all sincerity, I think anybody can make this. I mean, you can you say that. Do you have a patent on it? Um, we're working on getting a design patent on it. I mean, bidets exist in the same way, you know. So you don't have a patent. We don't have a patent okay. on it right now, but that's that's okay. I mean, again, if you look at so many brands, you look at sort of the the, the Chobanis. I mean, who's to say Dan and Neoplay won't come in just create a, a Greek yogurt, but they built a fifty you know $5 billion company. Same yeah, thing with like Casper mattresses or other companies that have, a ma you know, compared to Sleepies. I mean, you can say that about any anything. I think for us, it's really about building a strong brand it's relevant brand. product. Product. And, and it's sort of our aesthetic. There's no aesthetic like this. If you look at all the other products, in fact, if you pull out your phones and look at our competitors. Who are they your are, competitors? I mean, I, do I have to? Sure. If you look at Blue Bidet. Or if you, okay, you let's know, just say you're number one. You should know what's your number one competitor. No, no, I mean, there's there's there's, there's a okay. few. And, right. and if you look at them, they look like ugly geriatric medical products. They look like something that. How do they compare in terms of price? Uh, they're about the same price. Okay, yeah. same price, but they look like a geriatric They product. just look like products do that people don't want to okay. use. But I would yeah. argue that they're not really... Your competition it's, is regular toilets, our to our right? Yeah. And so it's you're trying thing. to switch people over right. and trying that's to change exactly, their behavior. That's the exactly problem right. I'm having. You don't the have the demand in the U.S. for this product. You you need to create demand. Right. People, and people said the same thing to me about my period-proof underwear. 
They're like, people use tampons and pads. People will never bleed in their underwear. People will never do that. And two years later, I built a $50 million business and people really understand why it's super relevant for them. And so it's the same thing where just like, until you understand the brand relevancy and you're like, oh, it makes sense. Who taught me this tushy? And so it's the same thing with period proof underwear existed in the past before things. I don't know that that analogy works because I think with, with your previous company, you're solving a problem. You're helping women with a problem that they have, right? Do you think that American consumers currently think they have a problem? I think 100% yes. I think, I mean, again, if you just focus on the, the people who have ailments, like UTIs, hemorrhoids, yeast infections, anal fissures, anal itching, all of these, that's over 30 million people. I mean, that alone just, and that's that's. But do they have doctors tell them, oh, you get should a get a bidet to solve they this? They do. We just, we but just, that's the thing. There's no connection there between, oh, I have hemorrhoids, I should get a bidet. But, but if you do and you did some like a, one layer of research, you actually would see that a bidet is a great solution. Well, Mickey, well, as you know, all, it's very expensive to educate a, it's a country. This, again, people said the same thing. It's like no one's going to bleed in their underwear. Yeah, but I you know, think it's, that's, a, I don't think that's the right comparison, Mickey. I really have to say because it, uh, Phil was hitting on a point is that women have this every month they have this problem and they know they're always looking for new solutions all right and so i think you provide them a new solution i disagree disagree with that because i i mean i I was in the business for for many years and women are like i wear a tampon i'm perfectly fine with my tampon i'll go with organic cotton tampons i'm not going to wear i'm not going to bleed in my underwear period proof underwear existed already and yet nobody thought about it. It's again, it's education. And it, it's one of those things where you have to really feel like, okay, I see that um, there's no absolute no way in hell that people are going to continue to use toilet paper moving for the next X number of years. It's just not, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, not sustainable. It's just not sustainable okay. to do that. And it's also, again, it's from a health and hygiene standpoint. Yes. The fact that toilet paper is brought to America in the late 1800s and has not changed since then is crazy. Like we are using our cell phones. We're adjusting our temperature. We we have our fridge. We have cars. In the late 1800s, those things didn't really exist in a, in a ubiquitous way. And so this is sort of like that upgrade in the bathroom space. And so, and what is to stop someone from just ripping that off? You said no, but nothing. Uh, again, I mean, it's not that. It's I think not it's that, brand, right? It's I think brand. the idea is you want to build a brand. It's the same thing. What's yeah. stopping people from ripping off any anything? It's so, just brand. Yeah. Okay. So on the brand piece, um, so I'm an investor in a company called Away, which is a direct-to-consumer yeah. luggage company. And I think they've really benefited from it's a, it's sharing on It's a brand. That's right? the thing. So it's we, like all, we, all, we all agree that there's the, some yeah, value there to brands. But the specific way in which they've benefited from their brand is people sharing on Instagram, sure. right? So you yeah. go, you travel, you have this suitcase and you snap a photo of it and everyone else hears about this suitcase. This doesn't feel like a sort of natural, a, a product that naturally lends itself to kind of that kind of viral. You don't, Daniel, share, a poop, you don't share poop stories on Facebook? I leave that for Snapchat. I leave that for Snapchat. Daniel, why do people share luggage? It's pictures? a fashion item. Yeah, so fashion what happens guy. is with Warby Parker and, you know, uh-huh. to some extent away, yeah. it is, um, it's fashion, right? Yeah. It's yeah. visible. It's, but I feel like yeah. people, yeah. Would, you don't think people would unbox this and Instagram? People, people 100% have been sharing this. I mean, people are like, I, you could eat off my butthole. I mean, the numbers of the number of like crazy wow. things that you I've read from people just being so excited about this product. It's the number of times I've heard people saying, 
you know, when, when I invite people to my house, my housewarming, it's the first place I bring people to show my product. That's a question for me, which is you're not going to be able to, it doesn't seem like spend your way to a $500 million company here. I think you're going to have to rely on some really neat customer acquisition kind of sure, tricks, yeah, strategies. Yeah, yeah, and right. one of those things could be social sharing. I'm just social sharing, influencers, you know, a combination of digital marketing strategy, which is what, again, built my last company. And it's already built this, you know, we've already done a million and a half in revenue just from just from that. Mickey is using her past success to prop up the potential of her new company. She's saying, look at what I did with Thinks. I can do that again with this company. Can I switch the subject a little bit? Because I'm just having trouble with something else. And that's the reasons you have a $50 million company you started in Thinks, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That you left. I don't understand. You, you, you started a successful presumably it's 50 million dollars in revenue and you left i mean it's it's complicated you know it's complicated um you know there's there's certain like controls and things that you 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 know give up over time and it's just it's complicated i can't really say more than that are you difficult to work with (laughs) no i'm not you can talk to my team they're right outside you can ask them (laughs) okay just it just seems it just seems curious to me I think what it does is it also creates a little bit of concern about you built a company, it's successful, and now you left it. I mean, again, there's so many learnings. Like, think about the number of businesses that everyone has started. People have started initially. They 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 work with different partners. They work with different people, and things happen. And you have and you make a change. Yeah, I I can't say more. Did you outgrow that that role? I, I, I don't, <laughs> I can't really Do you talk think about it would be it. tough to raise venture funding with this company because of whatever your experience was there because of that? We can talk, we can talk about this stuff offline. Okay. I can't talk about it okay. online. But, but you know okay. what though? I think you, how many employees are at Thinks? About 35 to 50? Yeah. So she got to a certain level yeah. and sometimes you can't really be CEO past a certain level. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think, I think probably you wouldn't be CEO of this past a certain level, is my guess. So, absolutely. So okay. Yeah, but you see, Mickey, I would have liked if you to have said that. I would have liked to have you have said, you know what, I served a role. I did I say that. scaling this company to a certain point. At that point, I didn't perhaps have the either the expertise in order to take it to the next level. In other words, I just wanted to see a little bit more self-awareness on this. So I either stepped out. But what we've been getting is it was difficult. I can't really talk about it. And it well, made I me can't. Feel, I really can't. Okay, actually. so you're under a gag. I, correct. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, yes. you could you could say that you know that there is a maybe a legal issue, and I'm under we, a gag order, can, and I'd be happy to talk about it as offline. best as I could, as best as I, I can. I would like to talk about this offline. Okay, like fair enough. Let me switch back to the yeah, product. Yeah. When you think about the the product or the growth of the company, what sort of gives you night sweats about this? With his mention of night sweats, Phil is invoking the secret code word the investors agreed upon at the beginning of the day. Night sweats means it's time to wrap this thing up. What are you thinking about, you know, that keeps you up? Yeah, I mean, that question's been asked to me a bunch of times. And I think that, you know, the answer... But not in such an eloquent way. Right. <laughs> True. Um, I think, you know, the, the, one, the one, you know, barrier, I would say, is, again, just like, are people interested in making that cultural shift? And that was the question I had when building things. And, 
you know, and from the learnings, it's very much sort of a three-pronged thing. One, having a, a best-in-class product. Number two is having, you know, really considered design across every touch point of our brand. And number three is, you know, having very accessible, relatable communication about our brand. It's decision time. Will our investors see Mickey's multi-million dollar success with Thinks as a positive, or is her reluctance to talk about her experience too much of a red flag? Here's Phil. My concern is I don't see enough that's proprietary in, in the product functionality. I'm concerned about going on this educational journey with you. Great. You know, where it's, I see it as a journey, and I'm sure you do too, of educating a market that's not accustomed to really using this. And and also I'm concerned about some of the questions that the things you can't talk about. So respectfully, I'm going to pass. Great. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. So Phil's out. Here's Daniel. I think it's uh, a really tough one for me. On the one hand, I, I think the initial sort of brand aesthetic that you're putting forward looks, looks great, actually. I think the product looks great. Um, and for those of, uh, for those folks listening, I think the packaging looks really great. And it's, it clearly sets the brand apart from sort of other commodity brands. Um, and I think you've got sort of very, very relevant experience in sort of, sort of bringing these new categories to life where I, ultimately get tripped up and again this is this is really tough for me is uh just the lifetime value math here so if i assume that the average order value is let's say even 100 bucks mm-hmm. and our paid customer acquisition cost you said were 25 bucks i just don't see enough of a gap between sort of lifetime contribution margin and paid customer acquisition cost for this to be a huge business. And so for that reason, I'm going to pass too. Great. So Daniel passed. Here's Jillian. You know what I realized from this? I realized that I don't know really as much as I thought I did when I originally saw this, because even though I'm a user, I don't understand this market. And so for that reason, I'm going to have to pass. Great. Jillian's out. Here's James. So I don't want to be day myself. I don't really know how many people want one in the US. I agree with you, maybe there's a trend that at some point it'll spike suddenly and like everybody will say to themselves, like my daughters will say to themselves, we absolutely need this to be healthy. But I don't know when that will occur, so I I have no idea. So even though I probably would benefit from using a bidet. Uh, I have to say Let's no, just talk because. Let's about that a little bit. <laughs> Let's In what off. way would you benefit? I don't know all the ways that she says. It's probably great. Uh, uh, I just have to say no, because I don't know anything, and I don't know how hard it will be to educate a market. And as I Phil mean, says, you, I don't you, know. I, I, to go on the journey of education, I've never done that before. So it's it's totally out of my realm of experience sure. as an investor. Yeah, I, I, I might try the product, or I might try one of the crappy ones, so to speak, on Amazon. Wow. Wow. But I, I had to say so to speak there. I yeah. didn't Thank make a you. pun. Yeah, I <laughs> um, I, I'll try one, but I don't know if it matters to so me which one so it is. So you'll continue to just use dry paper and just smear I it. actually do. I have a feeling you're going to prove us all wrong because you're wait. that kind of girl. I can't wait. I can yeah. see it. I mean, this, I, this, you're this jumping is like so standard. I mean, this is literally like when I started Thanks, people were just like, no, no one's going to buy it. Thank Keep you so much, Ricard. Thank you, guys. Yes, absolutely. Mickey walks out of the room and our investors get real. 
That was a really tough one for me. I, Not for me. It was really tough for me. Yes. Maybe it wasn't obvious to me that that was a that was a clear no. I don't yeah. know. I just feel it, like it, it she's totally was not a tough one for me. No, it was tough for me. Do you know anything about? I think she's difficult. Do you know anything about? You know things? what? I you yes. know you know why? I know everything about things. Yes. Right. So there must be. There's a story here. Oh clearly. yeah. There's a story. And I worry about it. And you know what? Uh, the fact is, is that I to tell you what made me have a real a problem, and I was having a little bit one because she couldn't really discuss and you can sort of discuss a situation without actually you know breaching a gag order but um the other problem was when you, someone says i'm going to pass and here are the reasons the response should not be okay great great really that's and great and i'm thinking to myself okay that was not a grateful person who actually appreciated the feedback okay i really had a problem with that and I really felt that there was a certain, I don't, I guess I clearly don't need all of you. I know best. And every time we kept saying something to her, she kept saying, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Well, okay, then I guess I'm wrong. And that's the reason I passed because she kept saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And after that, I thought, you know what? I know nothing about this. So there is nothing but I'm going to be problem. able to But that's the problem. Most add. of America knows nothing about it. And I don't want to have to educate the, the country. I th- but I do think there's something here. There's something, the and truth. here's why. Here's the counterpoint you know, to that, and here's I why really I say do it. Say there's something here. And here's why I say it's tough. Which is, I kind of like that sassiness, and I, I'm here to prove you wrong. I and agree with that, and you know, I, I like the. I do so like there's some something pushback. About, there's something about that the, that just tells me wait. that she's gonna. Is she the kind run of person you want to be in business with? Well, I passed right yeah. at the end of the day. I, I didn't invest, but. I don't there's, mind there's something scrappy there. and tenacious because on the last one I had, a, on the last, the pitch, I had this wonderful founder named Laura and she is the founder of Teamable. She is 10 times scrappier than this one. She is balls to the walls. And there were a lot of people that were turned off and I really love that. And I ended up investing, so did Structure. And so I really, I admire that. Yeah. But I, I also admire to, 50 million in year two. To tell you the truth, I think she's going to succeed. I really, really do with, without us. Um, but wait, hold on. However, when you, I really need to know the backstory of things also to understand and how those numbers worked. You um, can, yeah, you right? can find that story. Okay, here's the story. Remember how we said you might recognize the name Mickey Agarwal? So yes, she started this company called Thinks, which sold period-proof underwear and was regarded as a highly female-positive brand. You might have first heard of it around 2015 when it made a huge stir with an ad campaign that plastered the New York City subway with provocative images. But that's not the story Phil and Daniel are talking about here. In the spring of 2017, a former employee brought a complaint against Mickey. It alleged that she engaged in a pattern of sexual harassment and ageism against her mostly female, mostly 20-something staff, and that her behavior engendered an oppressive, fearful company culture. Other former Thinks employees echoed these sentiments to the media, and Mickey subsequently stepped down as CEO. The irony of a strong feminist company failing to live up to its own social image was not lost on the public. Eventually, the matter was resolved, and the parties signed non-disclosure agreements. But not before the damage to Mickey's reputation was done. That's the background noise Phil, Daniel, and James were battling during Mickey's pitch, a background that Jillian was apparently unaware of. 
After the break, I call Mickey, and things get a little tense. Stay tuned. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back to The Pitch. I wanted to get Mickey on the phone to find out what happened in the months since she pitched Tushy and whether she was beginning to get Americans on board with the bidet. Hi, Mickey. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm so glad we could finally get connected here. Yeah. So how are things going with Tushy? Amazing. Yeah, we raised the money and we're pretty much profitable now. So it's actually epic. Oh, Oh, that is quite epic. Wait, so you raised the million dollars or did you raise more? Yeah. Nope, just raised the million. Fantastic. Do you mind me asking who finished out the raise? Um, No, they're private investors. They're all angels. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you've got the million dollars raised. Um, What's next? Like, what do you, how's the company, how's sales? Yes. I mean, like I said, we're profitable. You know, we, we actually, this is the hope was to get to profitability very quickly. And so we don't have to raise any more money. You know, it's been my, uh, my goal all along, you know, just like my previous company, we just raised, you know, just what we needed and then we hit profitability and then now we're just building a business off retained earnings. And that's exactly what we're doing here too. That's exciting. Yeah. So it's been really awesome to see the feedback. It's been yeah. um, really promising. Again, it's, it's very, I feel like we are on the precipice of changing culture. You know, um, when I went into the pitch and, and met with the, the investors in the room, um, you know, again, it's four, it's four investors out of, out of, you know, millions in the world. And mm-hmm. when you're pushing boundaries, you know, like if everybody believed in your product, then it would exist already. You know, it would already be in the world en masse. And the fact yeah. that it isn't means that it requires a certain type of investors to see the future, to see where we're going. And, you know, it's, it's really exciting to have the list that we have. Yeah. Uh, you need a lot of momentum to, to make culture change, right? 100%. So, uh, yeah. So tell me about your experience pitching on the show. Like, What was it like? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I was a little bit caught off guard because, you know, they brought up some stuff from 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 the the, the past. But I think, you know, um, uh, I was expecting it to be really about my current company. And that was a little, you know, a little uh, uncomfortable. But I think that that's the point, right? You guys want to create a show that has tension. And so you want to bring that kind of element in there. And I understand that. So um, in that, that certainly caught me off guard, but really? um, I understand your show's motive. And so that's, that's, you know, so, but, well, but, but I mean, we that, didn't, that, we didn't instruct uh, those investors to, to ask those questions. Is that not something that um, you've run into before? No, actually. Um, no, not at all. Um, so really other investors so, don't, don't have any questions around what happened with things. I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, oftentimes seasoned investors can, um, you know, know, know historically what happens oftentimes in, in companies when they go from zero to scale, you know, there are always things that, that happen and, and, you know, it's it's really about you know what you learn from it and where you are today, right? And that's what I mean. These you know, are investors. You know, our our investors are seasoned too. I mean, I don't know that that is the difference. They aren't just on this show. I mean, they're yeah. you know doing this all the time yeah. for a living. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like again, I think you know every to each his own. I think everyone has their own style, and everyone invests in what they believe in, right? Like it's not you know right. I. Um, so do you like, think I like have, I have a, you're not even getting the meat? Go ahead. No, no, I'm saying I have amazing investors who really believe in what we're doing and that's all I can ask for. Right. Yeah. Do you, I mean, so I yeah, think, so I think my think... experience in the show, my experience in the show was, was, was fine. It was, you know, was, was interesting. It was, you know, um, yeah, it was fine. So you didn't think going into it that like they would ask questions about things and what happened there? Well, um, Bye, love. Oh, so it's you. Um, of course. All right. I love you so much. Bye. Um, yeah, I guess, no, I guess I, I, I was expecting to talk about, you know, my, my company that I was there to pitch, you know, my company, yeah. my current company. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's relevant, you know, a founder's past experience if they've started companies before? Isn't that relevant to the next company they're starting? Sure. I think it's all about the learning. Absolutely. Always. And I think the lessons and learning learnings have, are, are very clear. And, and I think that um, it's always generative and productive to talk about lessons and learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Um, okay. I actually um, uh, am in the middle of, of uh, writing, finishing my book right now. It's called Disrupt Her and it's due literally in two days, which is very exciting. And oh, okay. um, Hay House is publishing it. Yeah, and um, and I and I'm I'm sitting across from um, one of my genius friends. He's he's looking at my book right now, and it's very very exciting. So, um, any other questions before I go? Um, yeah, certainly. I thought we'd have a few moments with you. Um, uh, yeah, we were just trying to get a few comments and just hear. Um... Okay, so what what are what are the questions? Um, you mentioned with your first company or, you know, no, it being... I, can't, I can't talk about my first company. I just want to talk about Tushy. No, just, no, I know. I understand. Start, you know, you mentioned that, that like it would be relevant for an investor to understand, you know, what happened with a company before that would be relevant and particular the learnings from that. Um, of course. Yeah. 
well, I think, um, yeah, what are, like for you, like what are the learnings? I mean, you know, to move forward and to, you know, to, to continue to put out good work in the world and to not worry about, you know, um, all the outliers that exist is to really focus on creating and improving the world. And I think that's what I'm doing. And I think oftentimes when you do that, you know, there are naysayers that want to, you know, jump on, on top of that to keep, you know, status quo strong. And I think that's, you know, what I learned. I learned that, you know, when you're pushing boundaries um, and you're changing culture, there are going to be lots of pushback against that. And I think it's, it's important to, you know, really um, know that. And once you know that, then, and when you are pushing the boundaries and you are running into people who are trying to maintain status quo, then you are strong enough to, you know, um, stand strong. I think that was the biggest lesson. Yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything else that you want listeners to know about you that, you know, maybe didn't come through on the show or I'm not asking the right questions or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when I, I mean, when did we shoot it? A couple of months ago? Uh, yeah, it was uh, August actually. Yeah. Yeah. August, August, September, October. Yeah. So almost yeah, two and a half months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think two and a half months ago versus today, where, where am I? I guess I'm a little, like I said, I've, I've healed, I've healed for, further from, from the, the previous experience. And, and so, you know, I'm so excited about where Tushy's going. I love my yeah. team. I love what we're putting out. I love how we're doing it. I just, I love everything about, you know, what we're building and why we're doing it. And, um, and I think, um, you know, when I came on the show, I, I was, probably still, you know, healing from, from the previous experience. And I think that, um, and again, time is, time is the best healer. And I, and I, um, and I think everyone in, in the experience has, has hopefully gone through the healing process too. So do you think because it was more raw, because it was more recent that like, would you do anything differently? I guess like with your pitch or how you reacted to the investors in the room, like if you were to pitch them today, would you do anything different? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I I, I probably um, wouldn't have been as taken aback in the room, just to, just like with some of the some of like the trying to be hard charging, questioning, and like trying to create that sort of like you know con- conflict. And I think that was clear in what they were trying to get a rise out of me. And I think I wouldn't have been as caught by by it, you know, if if I had a couple more months to to heal from, from the experience. And I think today I just be a lot less triggered, I think by the way, like, you know, the way they were, you know, being attacked a bit more attacking, um, towards me. And I, I, I understand again, it's for the show and it's for all that. And that's, you know, it's, I get that, but I think it's, um, I would be, I'd be like a lot more pr- prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. You said you'd be less surprised now. Like why, why would it be less surprising now? I guess. Not surprising. I just think it. I think it's just more like I would like if 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 someone asked you an attacking question and it's like, why did you do it this way? Like, well, why uh-huh. did you talk about it? Well, why did you why did you say? It? I'd just be like, oh well, because of this. Instead of being like, well, I can't talk about it. You know, uh-huh. it's like I would just be less triggered by their attacking the way they attack. Like, you know, sure. the, the question, the way the questions were presented were a lot more attacking, and I would have been a lot less, like I said, reactive. Okay. 
Um, all right. Well, I think that's all I have. Thanks for taking a couple more minutes with me. Um, of course. Congrats on your book. Uh, sounds exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mickey. Bye. Bye. So I was caught a little off guard by that. I knew things had gotten tense during her pitch, but I wasn't expecting that reaction. And I feel for Mickey, I really do. Being the center of a public scandal and getting forced out of her company can't be easy, whether the allegations are true or not. That said, I thought it was fair for the investors to ask her about her experience with Thinks, especially since she brought up her success with the company as part of her pitch. And that's the thing about investing. When you walk in the room to pitch investors, you carry everything with you that you've done before, your successes and your failures. And the ability to speak to those can be the difference between someone writing you a check or not. Thanks for listening. That's all for today's episode. Stick around till after the credits to hear scenes from next week's episode. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Devin Taylor. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, with original music composed by The Musemaker. Additional music credits can be found in the show description. We were mixed by Enoch Kim with help from Matt Bowl. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning our recording events, and to Asta Chaturvedi for her reporting on this episode. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. See you next week. On next week's episode. And I was like, why didn't I know about this? And, and this is an opportunity on the scale that was so breathtaking to me that um, I, I was almost angry at myself for not knowing that it existed. And it is so sparse. They're just hard to get to. They're hard to get to, hard to access. And hard to translate. New episodes of The Pitch come out on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get podcasts. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.